Welcome to the Geekcentric Podcast. Today, we get our first look at D&D Honor Among Thieves. We get another look at Amazon's The Rings of Power. And Groot is back, baby. All this and everything else that happened this week in Geek at San Diego Comic-Con 2022, days one and two. Hey, it's Nate, and if you're joining us for the first time, we are Geekcentric, a podcast celebrating the world of movies, TV shows, toys, collectibles, gaming, and all things Geekcentric. Joining me for this SDCC 2022 recap, we've got the JRR Token Joint Roller Smokin' Justin, the Justice Fatigue League, Lawrence. <laughs> I I love that name. Does that does that work? Yeah, that works really well. The JRR token. Joint Damn roller right. smoking. Yeah, man. Baller name. Yes. Hi, I am good. I uh, my voice sounds a little uh, congested and raspy because uh, uh, I am dealing with the COVID. I have mm. after two and a half years, I have gotten the virus, but uh, I'm happy to be here. And and you didn't even physically go to San Diego Comic Con. No, no. I can only imagine you know? what's gonna what's gonna transpire oh, uh, while while there. <laughs> so, but yeah, I'm excited. <sighs> Nothing can hold me back from geeking out on all this stuff because it was some good reveals these past couple days. Some really good stuff, and we're we're just kind of just getting into it, just scratching the surface. But listen, we also have another wonderful person joining us. She's jumping off the battle bus. She's mighty and she's marvelous. If you need some art, she's the one you trust. She's the mindful morphin Megan Ranger, Megan Clara. Whoa! I'm loving <laughs> these <an> intros. <laughs> yeah, uh, they get better every time. They really do. I, I try. I try. I try. Hello, How everyone. are you two wonderful people doing, Megan? How are you doing tonight? Oh, doing really well. I'm excited to be on my first like official This Week in Geek episodes. Yeah. Awesome. I'm super yeah. stoked. And there's a lot of animation that was revealed this last, well, today yes. specifically. Yeah. So I'm stoked about that. Very yeah. fitting. Very fitting. <laughs> uh, but before we get into all the, the big stuff, um, you know, this is our San Diego Comic-Con 2022 recap for days one and two of the convention. Uh, we're going to be recapping uh, the next day as well, I believe, or the other. How many more days are there? I don't even know. Is it Probably just well, one more day? There, there is a big day tomorrow, which is day three. Uh, we're expecting a lot of news from from Warner uh, oh, yeah. and from Marvel. And that's going to give a us a lot to talk about. Um, so that we're not we're not necessarily tied to covering Sunday, but we'll take a look and we'll see. Well, I have to ask uh, both of you. Are you... Are either of you feeling the FOMO like I am? Like when Darcy and I went to Star Wars Celebration and we did our live from Star Wars Celebration. I know, Megan, I was messaging you a bunch <laughs> of stuff and I was like, I don't know if you want to see this, but check this out. And then, Justin, I know when you when you came onto our podcast, you were just FOMOing all over the place. Like, are either mm. of you feeling the FOMO for San Diego Comic-Con like I am? I, I don't know. Like, I think for Star Wars, it's Star Wars and yeah. um, it's Star Wars Celebration. So that means a lot. I don't know. This time around, I, I guess I'm not really feeling FOMO. That being said, yeah. I think it's just going to be one of those things where it's going to come in, come in waves, if you will. Yeah, for totally. me, it's it's I've never actually been to any of these big convention reveal events. So mm -hmm. I feel like there's not much FOMO on my end, either only because I don't really know what I'm missing, <laughs> I guess. Um, right. And because everything's so accessible on the internet right now. Um, 
Yeah, if it was easier to access, like to get there for us, then obviously I'd probably just go. But um, mm-hmm. yeah. Well, we we are hoping uh, to cover. Uh, a local con uh, coming up uh, pretty soon, actually. So uh, you'll hear more about that in the future. But yeah, I've, I was feeling, I was feeling some FOMO watching because, like, all the influencers that I follow that live in the states, they're just like, yeah, I think I might go to San Diego. Like, there was literally a guy on YouTube that I followed that just like, yeah, I just decided to buy a ticket last minute, and he got some random ticket, and he's still there somehow. Like, I don't know how he how he even pulled it off. And I'm just like, to, to be able to decide that on a whim is just so cool. But the convention's great, but it's also the city that really does come to life. Like oh, there's yeah. a lot of stuff in and around the convention that uh, that really does add to the excitement and the hype of, of Comic-Con. So that that's a lot of fun. But yeah, like you said, like if you live in the States, you know, domestic travel is like a hop, skip and a jump from so wherever easy. you are. Very, very easy for those that live in the United States to, to do these things 100%. But we're Canadian, cool. so <laughs> yeah, yeah, eh? yeah. Eh? Um, now, now, of course, there, uh, there's so much going on, so many announcements uh, everywhere, from like micro announcements to major announcements. Uh, before we get to like the major trailers, I think is where we're gonna start. Um, I wanted to ask: Were there any kind of dope announcements uh, or things shown off at the con or or mentioned at the con that you wanted to kind of highlight? Uh, yeah, I was really excited because they revealed some gameplay footage of Batgirl in Gotham Knights. And yes. I remember mm. when that game was announced first time around and it was not on my radar at all. And the video played, I'm assuming it was at a PlayStation sort of reveal um, might have been an E3 a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, okay, here we go. Never been into DC, but I'm stoked about this game. It looks amazing. It looks gritty. It's like obviously a, a universe where Batman dies. So right. I was mm-hmm. hooked right from there. But then to see Batgirl and today to get an in-depth look at her like move set and her style, her gameplay footage, it was like really, really cool to see. So I'm even more jacked up about that game again. It like boosted my excitement one more time. So yeah, yeah it's it's um, it's funny because like I, I also like I wasn't terribly impressed with what they've shown off so far. But yeah, as soon as I saw that that trailer with the gameplay, like her fighting style looks, looks so awesome. Cool. And her cape. Uh, and, so yeah. dope. So dope. Um, and also I wanted to just kind of mention, um, she's, when it, when she first started talking, I was like, I was like, is that Ashley Eckstein? I thought it was and too. And it's, it's not, <laughs> right? I was like, is that Ashley Eckstein? It's not. I'm, I'm trying to find the name of, of who it actually is. I think it's, um, uh, America Young is the voice of Batgirl in Gotham Knights. But, but I was like, it sounds so much like, <laughs> it sounds so much like, I was like, oh, is it Ahsoka? Ahsoka? And now it just makes me, now it just makes me want an Ahsoka video game like that, where like you play, like imagine with that same fighting style would be, I don't know, pretty Jaw unreal. on the floor. Yeah. Star yeah. Wars. Um, <laughs> but Justin, uh, speaking of video games, you were kind of freaking out about something video game related as well from the con. Yeah. We, we finally got the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the Cowabunga Collection uh, release date. Uh, I pre-ordered that sucker and, and they were like, oh, it's going to come at the end of the year. I'm like, end of the year, right? <laughs> yeah. But it looks like it's it's coming at, at the end of August, uh, which is which is great. And it includes 13 games. Uh, it's available for PlayStation 4, 5, Xbox One. 
and Xbox Series, uh, Nintendo Switch, and PC, and, and it's all retro games. It's all the old Ninja Turtle games. And I remember, Nate, when this was announced, you like literally sent me a message. You just sent me that oh, link, and instantly. then you go, there you go, there you <laughs> yeah. go, Justin. They finally did it. Because all I've been trying to do is find a way that I can like very cleanly play these games that doesn't require like an emulator or or something like that and it looks like this will probably give me the best experience especially on a switch yeah. uh which it, what which i have so I, I i've pre-ordered it for a switch but I, I did that big box set where i get all the artwork and all the cool little stuff so i spent like 200 bones for it but i don't it's know worth it ninja all turtles was, oh my God, yeah. yeah for sure especially for something that i that i absolutely love and then also um another piece of ninja turtles news that was uh that was announced um was the release of the mighty Morphin power rangers teenage mutant ninja turtles uh comic book series from uh, boom studio and idw publishing um mm-hmm. they did part one already and i'm actually just reading it now artwork is fantastic looks the nuts. story of how they how they bring them together is really really cool i'm really digging the vibe so i'm really happy that it did so well that they are doing a part two because I thought that this was going to be it. So, uh, but that doesn't come out until the end of December. So well, hopefully in time for my birthday. So, um, but yeah, it, it, I, that's another little small, small little comic thing that I, I thought was pretty, pretty stoked about just, especially given the fact that it is comic con, right? It is so, funny how we kind of all news. forget that, right? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Comic so. books. Um, I wanted to shout out Funkoville. I mean, I think Justin, um, up until seeing this Funkoville sort of, I guess, what would you call it, installation uh, at San Diego Comic Con? Yeah, it's, it's like an literally a little. Sure. It's a little town or a little town, like street, yeah. like street that you go down uh, in San Diego Comic Con. And like, I know Justin, you were kind of met telling me earlier uh, in the year, you're like, I think I'm going to sell a lot of my pops, and you probably still are, but like. I don't know, man. After seeing Funkoville, I was just like, this looks so dope. And the pops that they're bringing to San Diego Comic-Con as the exclusives just look so unique and so interesting with different colorways. Um, But I think what got me really hyped was obviously seeing Loungefly there was super cool. They kind of have it set up, as I said, like a little street that you go down. And they've got like the Funko store, which is kind of like like a pop shop kind of. And then like a diner. Uh, and then I they have another yeah. section. It's a diner, right? And then they've got another section yeah. that is uh, lounge fly, and that's all those backpacks and apparel. Uh, and that is set up, I believe, kind of like almost like a, a boutique. Uh, and then you've got uh, the Mondo shop, which is a record shop, which makes a lot of sense because it's it's Mondo, <laughs> and it looks yeah. so sick. And it's just really cool to see how quickly that that partnership has formed because we just like it wasn't that long ago that we were talking about Funko buying mondo uh and now just to see it under the same in the same installation on the same street is pretty cool well this is the perfect venue to to showcase the partnership that has begun right because right. Loungefly is very much they're doing their own thing at the resources of, of funko and i think that's as we were talking about in in the previous this week in geek that is what funko wants for mondo they want them to be able yeah. to continue doing what they're doing but with more resources and again Comic-Con's huge. This is the first big expo for geeks and nerds to just, you know, indulge in all things. And you got three very, very huge brands that are basically taking over uh, a huge portion of this hall as a little town to showcase their strength and and what they what they really do 
own in terms of territory, in terms of pop culture. So it's fantastic branding for them to do it. And it's so smart for them to use Comic-Con as the stage to kind of show their their, their sort of breadth of, of collaboration. Yeah, I just want more Mondo stuff. That's all I want. I want to buy a bunch of Mondo stuff. That's my FOMO. Um, but listen, I know that our podcast listeners, you can't really see this right now, but I actually have with me an ancient banjo in my hands, and I'm going to use it to call upon the power of Kevin because it's trailer time. All right, our first trailer and kind of the big thing that hit, I think the first big thing that really hit on uh, Thursday, on the first day of the convention, was Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves. We got the first trailer. Uh, this is directed by John Francis Daly and Jonathan Goldstein, uh, and it features, um, basically the description is as follows, uh, an ex-Harper turned thief escapes from prison with his partner, a female barbarian, uh, and reunites with a no-talent wizard and a druid new to their team in an effort to rob the cheating con man who stole all their loot from the heist that landed them behind bars uh, and used it to install himself as the Lord of Neverwinter. Only the, traitor, uh, only the traitor is allied with a powerful red wizard who has something far more sinister in store. This is starring Michelle Rodriguez, Chris Pine, Sophia Lillis, Reggae Jean Page, Justice Smith, Hugh Grant, Jason Wong, Daisy Head, and Chloe Coleman, and hits theaters March 3rd, 2023. A uh, little bit of a ways out, uh, but I wanted to kick it off to you, fine folks. What did you think of our first look at Dungeons and Dragons Honor Among Thieves? I am Looks stoked. like a lot of fun. I, yeah. I, I, yeah, it looks it looks like a lot of fun. It looks like they're they're going to be telling their own story with a yeah. set of characters in the Dungeons and Dragons world. Again, I'm not a Dungeon and Dragons dude. I don't play the game, but I right. know that there's a lot of lore and there's a lot of these different types of characters that that you you can be and you build out your characters and and so on and a lot of what I've learned is from Darcy and Stranger Things but um, <laughs> I think that what's interesting is that this is what this movie is it is a selection of characters uh, that you know you would probably see in a Dungeons and Dragons game taking place in a Dungeons and Dragon world uh, telling a story that feels like very heist vibe you can see that Chris Pine's character is definitely going to be the smooth talker the one that's <laughs> got is always who's always got the ideas right and some of them are good some of them are bad and sometimes he's just lucky um, and and yeah pairing that with with the brute strength of of someone like Michelle Rodriguez who carries herself as a literal tough ass barbarian I think it's perfect yeah. it's like she's literally just she's just gonna play Michelle Rodriguez and with that it seems like there is very much a balance of characters that are going to take themselves seriously and take this role very seriously and be the kings and the wizards but it also looks like people like Chris Pine and maybe even Michelle Rodriguez might be a little bit more reserved and a little bit more modern that the audience could relate to and really just tying in this idea that they are players in this game um, it looks like they're having a lot of fun in, in this in this trailer so I'm excited yeah Chris Pine said it's uh, he said that he thinks it's like Princess Bride meets Game of Thrones. Um, I kind of think it looks very Guardians of the Galaxy esque yeah. as well. Sure. Um, sure. And I I do like the original like sort of monsters that are in it. Um, I think it's kind of cool seeing this from you know seeing this sort of 
from the outside looking in, right? Like it's not often like because we're we're into so many different massive franchises that we're usually on the inside and so to see this and looking in from the from the outside for something that for a fandom that's been around for decades um it's it's Mm. kind of a cool feeling and it's it's uh this does look really fun uh megan what did you think yeah, I'm also not a D&D player. I don't know anything about it aside from what I've seen on Big Bang Theory. <laughs> um, oh, right. there you go. Yeah, you go. but it it looks like so much fun. I'm a big Chris Pine mm. fan, and he's playing another role that I know he's going to be so good in. Um, <laughs> I'm just excited for more fantasy films. Like This is going to be a really fun, exciting adventure, and I'm here for it. Yeah, the, the the again the creatures I think are what's kind of doing it for me in this trailer. Uh, there's like a dragon <gasps> that like spits mud or something. The like, owl bear. The owl I'm bear. Here that looks for the owl bear. <laughs> <laughs> it looks so cool. That's uh, that's Sophia Lillis's character, uh, yes. who's the druid, who she transforms into that owl bear. And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it looks neat. And it, again, even the dragon at the end of the trailer looks like the dragon, the the titular dragon yeah. of dungeons and dragons yes. that you see on the books yeah. on the covers and stuff like that so uh, i think it's it's gonna be really fun we did have a write-in um another raven has flown uh into my <laughs> abode uh and uh it's carrying a note here thank you raven um and so <laughs> let me open this up here oh, okay this is from sir darcy uh who writes it looks like it's gonna be a fun time capturing all the best parts of a typical D campaign from the epic battles to cheesy jokes and everything in between can't wait to see it and eventually play the promotional mini campaign uh, that you know will be released in the lead up to the film um, i think that's a really cool idea if that is a thing that's happening um that's awesome because i think if if anything, maybe this movie will get more and more people potentially into trying D and D for the first time. You know, if Stranger sure. Things didn't do it, uh, maybe this movie might do it. And if if you're if you're putting a mini campaign in front of me that I don't have to invest, you know, a, a week into or a month into or years <laughs> into, like some of these games I've heard go, um, I'm I'm totally down to try it. I think it's interesting too that you know Darcy is a D and D guy. He he plays it religiously, so. That's uh, why he's not Sunday here. With he's his... playing D&D. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> right. So there you go. Yeah. So, uh, you know, to hear a fan say that, you know, they're excited for it. That's reassuring, too, because I think offline Nate and I were just kind of talking about it. And like we said, oh, we're, we're interested in it, but we're not fans. And maybe that is the advantage. You know how yeah. sometimes fandom around certain properties is so intense, which can have a negative Marvel. impact. And, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. As we can see, has sometimes a negative impact on uh, a movie or a series because of expectations. And, you know, maybe that's that's what's helping here is that, you know, we have no expectations. We have no sort of connectivity to this this, this franchise other than seeing this trailer and having excitement around what we've seen. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see um, what the rest of the D and D community yeah. is is saying about the mo- movie, and if they're also excited. But it's also interesting too because I think the source material lends itself well for writers who are coming in wanting to create yeah. uh, more of an exactly. original story. Because with with that source material being, it's it's designed to allow people to play in these worlds to yeah. create their own stories. So because the source material isn't that sort of. Um, it's it's not that it's not massively fleshed out. 
Uh, I'm sure there's exactly. a lot of it, but because it's kind of it's it's always like a starting point yeah. for people. Then they've kind of given that to these writers who can then say, okay, well, as long as we include this location, this dragon, and this monster book or whatever it is, <laughs> then we've got the you know the gelatinous cube has to make an appearance at some point. We've got the uh, the bare bones to create this story. Exactly, and that's the refreshing part about this franchise is that for even a writer to approach it, there is no expectation. They can they can play the game themselves. They can create yeah. the characters and and basically play the game, and that. And that carves out the story of the f- of the film. So I th- actually think it's really brilliant that you know they chose this property and they're they're doing a set of characters rather than trying to hone in on specific characters. I, I, I like you said, Nate. We were talking about that offline, and that's exactly what we were saying. Is is very much the freedom that writers have to approach this property must be far more refreshing than stepping into a Marvel or a DC oh or God, Star no Wars, where there's so right. where there's exactly there's so much pressure. Yeah. Well. Listen, I'm sure uh, the writers who approach this next series uh, that we're going to talk about, also in the fantasy genre, um, probably have felt a lot of pressure. But um, I think this latest trailer is uh, actually maybe a bit of a sigh of relief, at least for me watching it. Uh, and that is the trailer for The Lord of the Rings, The Rings of Power. Uh, this series is directed by J.D. Payne and Patrick McKay. Uh, I've got a description here, and much like the books, uh, it's pretty long, so Justin, feel free to cut out this however you want. Um, This series brings to screens for the very first time the heroic legends of the fabled Second Age of Middle-Earth's history. This epic drama is set thousands of years before the events of J.R.R. Tolkien's The Hobbit and The Lord of the Rings, and takes viewers back to an era in, uh, in which great powers were forged, kingdoms rose to glory, and fell to ruin, unlikely heroes were tested, Hope hung by the finest of threads, and the greatest villain that ever flowed from Tolkien's pen threatened to cover all the world in darkness. Uh, there's actually a second half to that, but I'm actually not. I'm just going to skip ahead here. <laughs> uh, this is starring Morphid Clark, Robert Aramayo, Benjamin Walker, Markella Cavanaugh, Joseph Maul, Ismail Cruz, Cordova, uh, and Lenny Henry, alongside, honestly, the, one of the biggest casts uh, since Game of Thrones. Uh, this is releasing, streaming exclusively on Amazon Prime on September 2nd, 2022. And this trailer, this trailer got me freaking hyped for this show. Uh, Megan, why don't you kick us off? What did you think of this San Diego Comic-Con trailer for The Rings of Power? Well, this is what the third trailer that we've gotten now since they announced the show? I believe so, yeah. And Mm -hmm. the only word that can ever come up to my brain when these trailers drop is epic. Like, Lord of the Rings is a pretty epic fantasy world and uh, Mm -hmm. has a huge fan base spanning years as well. Um, But this show is going to show us and visually tell us a story that we haven't heard yet. So obviously we've heard the the story Mm -hmm. of the rings being created and everything, but to be able to watch that happen and the first images of Sauron is so, so cool. I'm very curious about who that child is, um, but I'm sure that we'll find out. And I'm just excited to see some of my favorite characters in a new light like Galadriel. Absolutely. Yeah, Galadriel looking absolutely dope. 
Um, mm-hmm. Whether she's in battle or just like she got her hair down in this trailer, the the, well, the, the scene the scene with her lifting the helmet at the <gasps> beginning of the trailer Oof. and putting yeah. it on the pile of helmets, I was like, chills. This is some like this, and it looked very um like very three hundred esque, like very you know what I mean, yeah. like very like oh, massive and and so good. Well, they're de- definitely depicting her as a warrior. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that we got bits of that throughout. We didn't get as much of that in the original three Lord of the Rings, but in The Hobbit where we saw her actually fight and, and stuff like that, we got a little bit of that. But I think here we're really going to understand how she becomes so powerful and yeah. what she's seen, the life that she's led. And I, I'm, I'm excited for that. I'm excited to see the birth of evil in, in Sauron to see the birth of Sauron and, and I think that kid's gonna have a very integral part in in kind of giving Sauron a physical form um, oh. I'm thinking that that's that's definitely something that that's gonna because the, you can see that he's he's morphing like he, you see his he hands and sword, stuff like right? that in the trailer yeah and the tr- and the sword starts to starts to extend kind of like a I guess pull a relevant reference a bit of gore the god butcher yeah with sure. the necro sword right uh just the idea that it it becomes part of part of him and, and gives him this power um but yeah the, the trailer itself this trailer was better than the trailer that they dropped almost two weeks ago not even two weeks ago yeah. um and I don't know why they dropped that trailer before comic-con like they they no. should have just waited for this and and did it because I, I think the mo- most of the a lot of stuff was piecemealed from that and we got some new epic stuff and some more of the battles and that that sort of grand scope that lord of the rings is that being said this series has definitely got me excited for the fall let me let me tell you i'm i'm excited to see oh my gosh this. I think this is probably my favorite trailer they've released so far. Uh, it feels, honestly, it because of the scope of a lot of the sequences in this trailer, there's a lot of massive panning shots of them showing, like, like that place where the elves live. I sound like a fake fan right now, but <laughs> that place. Rivendell. Rivendell, thank you, thank you. Uh, but also Numenor as well. Uh, see, I know that one, uh, and and the the where the dwarves live and all those places. It's just a lot of really wide, you know, panning shots that I think look really phenomenal, and and the CGI looks like it's actually there. Um, and I think it, this this looks like the most Game of Thrones production level um, that we've gotten uh, in these trailers so far, and I'm I'm so stoked for it. And I think it makes sense given how much this series is costing Amazon <laughs> to make. It's like massive. But Justin, you called out um, the human form of Sauron. We actually do get to see that in this trailer. Um, we see the what's called the fair version of Sauron, um, who goes by Anatar. Uh, and that's kind of the name that he goes by, you know, because they say like he's gone by many names. Um, but he he looks terrifying the the if for those who are watching the trailer he's got the blonde hair kind of looking like Eminem a little bit but prettier um and he reminds me he honestly reminds me of one of the scariest probably things I've seen on screen before which is uh the devil from the passion of the Christ if you've ever watched (laughs) the passion of the Christ I know deep heavy cut there but honestly like the almost sort of feminine facial features right because the whole point of his character I was reading up um uh, he's he's meant to appeal to whoever it is that he's sort of in front of and so he can sort of shift how he looks and so if he wants to look a little more fair a little more beautiful in front of the realms of men 
he'll do that or or in front of elves right to fit in more he'll do that um so i'm really interested to see where they sort of take his character because he looks he looks freaky and i'm so stoked for this i also um wanted to shout out robert uh, um, aramayo speaking like freaking hugo weaving like he he is elrond like when he's talking in this trailer i'm just like that sounds just like Elrond. Like they're obviously doing their their homework. They're obviously studying these characters and they're getting things right, which I think is really exciting. And I'm not the most passionate fan, as you can tell. I forgot what Rivendell was, but I'm I, I'm as a casual fan of Lord of the Rings. I am so excited. I'm so much more excited for this than I ever was when I watched anything to do with The Hobbit. Um, this is the most excited I've been about Lord of the Rings since. Uh, since the return of the king um, and I just wanted to quickly finish off here by saying the Balrog I really do think this is us seeing the birth of the Balrog and I think that is one of the coolest things because when we first see it in the Lord of the Rings we're like we're led to believe that that character has been around for so long so to get to see like the beginning of this creature that no one's ever seen before oh man I'm I'm so amped for this I'm so amped yep Okay, was there anything else you guys wanted to talk about with Lord of the Rings before we move on? No, it just looks like a cinematic masterpiece. Well, let's uh, let's move on to our next one here. Um, you know, speaking of cinematic, <laughs> when you think cinematic, you must be thinking of National Treasure. And we got a new series coming uh, to Disney+. Plus. Um, <laughs> National Treasure, Edge of History. Uh, this series is directed by Mira Nair. Uh, in National Treasure, Edge of History, Jess, a 23-year-old 20, dreamer, sets off on a Pan-American treasure adventure where she uncovers secrets about her family's mysterious past, all while saving a long-lost treasure along the way. Uh, this series is going to be 10 episodes long. It stars Oliv- Oliveira, sorry, stars Lisette Oliveira, Zuri Reed, Antonio Cipriano, Jordan Rodriguez, Jake Austin Walker, Catherine Zeta Jones, uh, and returning from the original films will be Harvey Keitel, reprising his role as FBI agent Peter Sadusky, and Justin Bartha, uh, fan favorite. Uh, who's going to be in a guest role playing Riley Poole. Uh, we have no date for this just yet, um, but this will be streaming soon. It's been 15 years, I, I'm pretty sure they said, oh uh, in the in the breakdown since National Treasure, uh, or since like, maybe the sequel. Megan, uh, you look like you're stoked about this <laughs> and, and, and stoked to see Riley Poole come back. Uh, yeah. What are your thoughts on this uh, this first look at National Treasure Edge of History? Well, I saw both of the first two movies in theaters, and Mm -hmm. I Mm. am a sucker for a puzzle, (laughs) and that's essentially what these movies are. It's a puzzle that they're trying to figure out, and as the viewer, I want to try and figure it out before they can, so that's what I enjoy about the National Treasure movies. Obviously, love Nicolas Cage in the first two. Riley Mm -hmm. was my favorite. He was a lot of people's favorites, but it's so fun to see Justin Bartha come back and reprise the role. Um, I'm assuming he'll probably only be in like a small little bit of the first episode or something, but um, excited to see him come back. I love that it's a female lead. Times are changing. We're changing the story, so that's great. And that it's going to be um, that Pan-American sort of adventure. So we get a look into Mexico as well. And um, we're seeing a new form of American history through this show. Um, Like one of the things Justin Bartha said in 
It was like a behind the scenes look that actually gave us more information than the trailer did, yeah. which is weird. Yeah. Um, but he said something along the lines of, we look at history a lot different than we did 15, 20 years ago. So um, yeah. I hope that this show highlights that stuff about American history in a new light, in a different light, so that we can, you know, respect it, learn from it and move on um, with this like cool, fun treasure hunt move, uh, show. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think the big standout, like you said, female-led, but I also think the entire cast is diverse. There's not a single, like, of the group of kids, they're not, there's not a white kid. To, to speak to the point of what you're saying about American history, America looks a lot different. It's not just white people. It is a diverse collective of people. Um, so I think that the casting is, has done that really well. I love that Justin uh, is coming back. I think he was the highlight of the originals. Uh, apart from Nicolas Cage, I think Nicolas Cage more or less just did his role but i like that justin barth is coming back he's gonna have some some weight he's gonna have obviously he's financially successful he's gonna be able to support them and help them you know figure out this this mystery uh having someone like Catherine zeta jones kind of step in and be the villain i'm interested to see how she's gonna portray that because this could very much teeter into like i guess teen disney oh, channel yeah. territory <laughs> right yeah. like very quickly i don't know it could go down that road of, of feeling very teen disney channel i feel like they're going for the they're going for the force awakens style you know having having uh justin bartha in there coming in to kind of you know send this crew off into their adventure probably uh and and pass the torch literally um to them as they explore these these parts of uh of of american history but i i do think it's um it, it is interesting as you said, bringing Catherine Zeta-Jones, I wonder if they're gonna bring, if they're gonna bring him in. If they're gonna bring in our, our beautiful, our beautiful man, and he's gonna come in at maybe at the, the last second, a little teaser. Um, I think it would be really cool. Yeah, to see if Nick Cage <laughs> shows up right at the end. Uh, but one, yeah, I guess like I guess like you would save that for. Yeah, I guess you could save that for the for the right the Just show, for fun. but. Me, <laughs> I guess I, I think I think they could reference him, but like, yeah. yeah, I feel like that's a big get. And if you put his name on it like that, that will that'll get people watching that show. No oh, problem. Yeah. I also I mean? think if it's but, leaning towards what Justin, you were saying about it being more of the like teen family channel, Disney channel sort of show, I think mm -hmm. just having Riley come in for a moment is enough to attach it to the old movies, but not make it like hey, here's the bar of where National Treasure was. Now you have to match that. And right. not having Nicolas Cage means there's a little less pressure, I feel. so They can go in a completely different direction yeah. and, and not have to. But I feel like this is also, again, because it is targeting more of maybe a younger audience, um, it, you know, the people that watched it who are now 15 years older, <laughs> some of them might have a younger audience living with them that they might want to share this hey. with. So... Um, I think that totally works. And yeah, if you check out the teaser, um, it's literally just uh, Lisette Oliveira's character walking in, takes off her hat. She does like a shampoo commercial hair toss uh, and then looks at the camera all serious. Um, so definitely check out the the behind the scenes is a much better <laughs> thing to, to get a, a sense of what's going on with this. But yeah, I'm intrigued. Um, we'll probably be we'll probably be covering it. Um, I'm hoping so. Um, 10 episodes long. Uh, probably not going to do a watch club for it, but I think we'll, we'll definitely check it out. Um, this next one here uh, is a, our second last trailer, but this kind of leads into kind of the, the 
big sort of bulk of the Marvel stuff that we wanted to talk about. So we'll kick it off with this one here. Uh, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur is getting a limited series. Uh, The description for those who don't know who Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur are, uh, after 13-year-old super genius Lunella accidentally brings uh, a 10-ton T-Rex Devil Dinosaur into present-day New York City via a time vortex, the duo work together to protect the city's Lower East Side from danger. Uh, this is starring Diamond White, Alfred Woodard, uh, Fred Tatasciore, Sashir Zamata, Lieb Bearer, Jermaine Fowler, Gary Anthony Williams, and freaking Lawrence Fishburne uh, is going to be in this show as well. Uh, this is streaming on Disney Plus uh, next year and premiering on the same day uh, as it does. It'll be on Disney Channel as well, which I thought was really, uh, really lovely to see the little Disney and Channel. Fitting tag uh very yeah. fitting and it and honestly it's uh it's yeah megan's doing the the draw the mouse head thing um yeah i was a huge fan of of disney channel growing up um megan our first look at moon girl and devil dinosaur what did you think oh my god it's so cute it's definitely a Adorable kids show, very reminiscent design-wise, at least, of like Teen Titans, Danny Phantom, yes. Dexter's Laboratory. Yes. It's that very angular mm-hmm. staccato animation. Um, I love it. It's super cute. It's relatable to kids these days, so um, I think it's going to be really fun, and I'm actually totally excited to watch it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm stoked. I think the look of it, as you said, looks awesome. The the uh, They're called Benday Dots. is like that comic book sort of processing look um, with the dots on it are showing up uh, all over the screen, which I think looks so sick. The, uh, the onomatopoeia with like the whooshes and the the words showing up with the, it's just so, it it just seems like a perfect way to sort of get younger audiences accustomed who maybe haven't really dived into comic books before. And then just sort of be like, cool. So you like the look of that? Awesome. Here's a comic book of moon girl that looks so similar. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think it's really, really fun. And I love the, the little animations that are popping up and everything like that. I, I think it looks like, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a, a really fun time. And I think, um, again, I loved the uh, just like some of the audio as well. The the Sonic the Hedgehog noise when Lunella gets tossed into the lamppost. Uh, and then, of course, the music was reminding me a lot of like Proud Family. I was getting Proud Family vibes, kind of like a, a sure. funk sort of city sound. Pop, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. Justin, what did you think of uh, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur? Yeah, I thought it was uh, it was cute and it was adorable, as you guys were saying. The animation style is a lot of fun. Um, you know, I, I I had the chance to 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 read an issue of Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur uh, a long time ago, and I was very taken back at how vibrant and and uh, bold it was. And I think it's just perfect that you know they've decided to take this character um, and and turn it into a very kid-oriented Disney Channel-esque style cartoon because it makes total sense. I think kids are really going to connect with it and love Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. They're going to love the stories. Um, I, I think as well, Nate, you called out the cast. You know, again, there's there's uh, so many people that are jumped aboard uh, to be a part of this, this series. Alison Brie, Andy Cohen, Jennifer Hudson. The list goes on. I, I think that just gives uh, a huge testament to the work that is being done with this series and the love that people are going to have for it so yeah i'm interested in seeing it i probably won't check it all out but i'm interested enough to to see what it's all about and check out a few episodes oh yeah, yeah. david <laughs> diggs uh maya hawk 
uh, is also going to be in it as well. Wesley Snipes, Colby oh Smolders uh, is going to be in it as well. So there's a lot of really oh, dope. Colby Smolders will probably be like Maria yeah. Hill, right? Is she going to be her oh, actual character? Be. Yeah, Maria Hill. Yeah, yeah, yeah whatever her name is. Maria Hill. I'm a fake fan again. I don't. <laughs> I know. Sorry. I don't actually watch any of this stuff. Whatever. <laughs> no, you uh, just forget things really well. <laughs> we all do though. <laughs> her you name tell him is <laughs> Maria gonna, Hill. Maria Hill. And Justin said it like her three times. Is, I've this up three times. <laughs> okay. Uh, listen, <laughs> this has been a lot of fun with this trailer time. But listen, there was so much announced uh, in the world of Marvel animation. Uh, and of course, there's one more trailer uh, that I did want to talk about uh, for I Am Groot. But before we get to that, I kind of want to maybe we'll save that till the end. Uh, and we'll, we'll circle back around. But I wanted to talk now uh, about some of the things that we got to see very lightly. Of course, people at the convention were feeling that FOMO over here. Um, and, and the people at the convention got to see a little bit more than we did. But we got some blurry screenshots, some blurry screen grabs and pictures that are all over Twitter. Uh, and I wanted to start off with uh, Spider-Man freshman year. Uh, Jeff Trammell teased the show with the cast of characters. Uh, and Ryan... Uh, Minerding, I believe I'm pronouncing that right, showed off the new Spider-Man suit designed for the series. Um, we get a fun reveal that the moderator uh, who is moderating the panel, Paul F. Tompkins, will be playing a character in the series. And a second season for this show was uh, was already announced. They're really looking super far into the future. Uh, and of course, it's aptly titled Spider-Man Sophomore Year. Uh, Spider-Man Freshman Year is an animated series that follows Peter Parker on his way to becoming Spider-Man in the MCU with a journey unlike uh, anything we've ever seen uh, and a style that celebrates the character's early comic book roots. Uh, executive producer Jeff Trammell serves as the head writer. Uh, Spider-Man Freshman Year is coming to Disney+. Plus. In 2024, <laughs> so so cool. Yeah, I, I, you were saying like a long, long time away for March 3rd, 2023. I'm like, dude, dude. some of these animated <laughs> series, like yeah. we got, we got like little teases, and we got to wait like almost a year so to two long. years for most of them, <laughs> right? Yeah. So it's it's nuts that we're seeing this stuff this early. But that being said, it's it is cool because again, it, it makes sense that it wasn't it was more stills than they were. Anything well, they wouldn't motion. have Maybe anything. Yeah. That that being said, I, I love the style. I oh, love the yeah, look so really of this the show. Comic book style. Oh, dude, it's, it feels it feels so sixties retro um, esque, but modernized in in a way. Mm -hmm. um, I love the look of of Norman Osborn. Can we talk about Norman Osborn for a second here? And yeah, and the of course, there were there were some. Uh, if you if you hop on Twitter, I know podcasts are a. An, uh, not a visual format medium and we're going to be talking about some of these stills but we'll try to describe them as best we can but um but yeah there's a lot of stuff that was sort of leaked from the panel uh that i do hope we get to see you know in a bit more of a higher resolution as uh, as maybe they start to put this stuff out officially but but yeah instead of uh tony stark norman osborne is going to be taking on the role of the mentor the mentor uh, in and freshman year interesting and what what i love is if you know if you go online again like you, nate said you can find this stuff online. All, all you need to do is, is Google search it and, and it, you'll find it. it it's not going to get taken down. I think this was allowed to actually yeah. happen rather than it leaking because um, Hall H has very strict rules. I don't think that the rules were that strict here. That being said, the shot that they that they have of Norman Osborn over Peter's shoulder, it's very reminiscent of the first introduction Peter has with, with Tony Stark mm -hmm. in his apartment. Yeah. So it, it feels like what, even just in that shot alone, it feels like they're setting up 
a, a Peter Parker in another universe and a multiverse. There's characters because a lot of people were immediately on it saying like, hey, like, is this canon? Because like Norman Osborn's here. You got Doc Ock. He's already met Doc Ock. So, of course, the people on Twitter and on the Internet have <laughs> all agreed that this must be a multiverse story, sort of a, a long what if. This will feel reminiscent of the story that we know of Peter Parker from the MCU, but in in it told in a new way because like daredevil's in it but voiced by charlie cox which yep. is amazing I, i'm i'm excited to see uh, all of the different spider suits like, yeah people are losing their minds they're like is this canon is this canon i'm like <laughs> does it have to be yeah but yeah. that's it that is that is it maybe the animation is an avenue for marvel to say it is the multiverse. I, I do think that, um, yeah, I love the idea of it being a multiverse, not only for 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 Peter, but also from a standpoint of having different versions of some of these classic characters as well, but done in the classic style. So you're taking it, you're coming at it with a new approach. Like, I could be very wrong, but there is a still out there of all the different villains uh, that they're going to be featuring. And there was mention, apparently, at the panel that Rhino will make a, a showing. And there's a, a woman uh, on the far left of this image that's sort of circling around of all the different villains uh, who kind of has, like, a thing on her head, like a little metal thing at the top of her head. And she's got a mohawk. And she's super buff. She's super yacked. So I'm like... I, that would be rhino? sick if it's a if it's a female rhino like that would be so dope for them to be able to kind of play around with this a little bit. Um, but yeah, the whole aspect of of Peter, you know, people were quick to be like, well, they don't know who, you know, Doc Ock is in No Way Home. So how would he have met Doc Ock prior to, you know, because it leads up to the events in the MCU. So I definitely think you're right on the money there. It's a multiverse thing. There's no, it doesn't make any sense for it not to be. And it just gives them the freedom. It gives them yeah. the freedom to do new stories, not be so confined to what's already been done. Um, but yeah, I love the retro look that that this entire series is going to have. Like even Doc Ock looks so like he looks like carbon copy retro of yeah, of what classic. what his his look was um but yeah it's it's i'm excited i'm i'm very excited to see what this this show's all about well i can wait so far away we're going to have to wait we're going to have to wait we're going to have to wait but justin what if i told what you if? that there is more what if on the way uh, Brian Andrews and AC Bradley talked about the Emmy nominated series uh, and showed the trailer for season two, uh, which the audience got to see. I can't wait to see it. I hope we get to see it soon. Apparently, the audience went wild. Uh, and at the end of the presentation, they showed a surprise screening of one of the episodes, uh, which we learned was uh, Captain Carter. Uh, it was like, what if Captain Carter fought? The what is that thing called again? The Hydra Stomper. What if Captain Carter fake the Hydra Stomper? Uh, (laughs) Shut up, dude! It's late for me here. Okay, relax. Put this together in like half a minute, and uh, and so um, they got to see that, which I'm super jealous of, and then. They straight up were like, oh, yeah, and there's a third season as well. <laughs> so that's crazy. Um, what if season two continues the journey uh, with the Watcher as our guide through the vast multiverse, introducing brand new and familiar faces to the MCU? Uh, the animated series questions, revisits, and twists classic Marvel cinematic moments with an incredible voice cast that includes, includes a host of stars who reprise their iconic roles. Uh, directed by executive producer Brian Andrews with executive producer AC Bradley as head writer. Season two of What If launches exclusively on Disney+. Plus. 
in early 2023. Uh, now we did get <laughs> oh, that's right, some. That's yeah. That's okay. That's not bad. Um, <laughs> I'm honestly, I'm looking more forward to season three, honestly, as a fan. I think it's crazy <laughs> that we have to wait so long. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but I uh, I did want to kind of, there was some stuff floating around Twitter, obviously. Not as much to look at uh, for from from this, um, but a lot of like just sort of confirmed episodes or, or stories uh, that they're going to be telling. One of them apparently going to be like a, a story about Hela. Another one is Odin versus the Mandarin, which I thought was really interesting. Some of these... Some of these are a little um, sketchy. I don't know how much they're confirmed, but some of them are, are definitely were, were kind of popping up all over the place. Captain Carter meets the Winter Soldier. Uh, Tony Stark on Sakaar with the Incredible Hulk and Valkyrie. Uh, I thought it was an interesting one. Um, and then a kid Star-Lord story uh, was the other one, like a young little kid Star-Lord, uh, which I think is an interesting approach to take. So uh, some, yeah. of those are, some of those are, are like, if, if they are true, then they sound pretty dope, like especially Odin yeah. versus Mandarin. Like that one sounds yeah, like wow. a fire episode. It sounds like it would be fun. Yeah. Um, but we like get to Gamora have a season, too, right? Sure. Yeah. I, I'm yeah, pretty right, sure there was that Gamora episode that was was taken yeah. out. So maybe that's where they. Yeah, started, wasn't wasn't the first. Yeah, went. wasn't that the one that was on Sakar? Or right. maybe it wasn't. Maybe I can't remember. But again, it, it, depending on on what if if any of that is actually um, true. Um, it would be interesting if they had two episodes dedicated to Captain Carter in it. Uh, I like the motif yeah. of maybe trying to dedicate one episode to like to all of these different. Person. Yeah. Right. Like uh, that kind of is what helps the whole what if scenario. Right. I like the idea of like if it's if it's Hella, like how do you twist that? And I think um, take the approach of showing her side of the story and, and almost going from the sense of like maybe flipping it completely. And so instead of like <clears throat> almost almost take her and put her in where we saw Sylvie in uh, in Loki, kind of like sure. have like a she was the the sibling that didn't grow up to become the the you know, the super evil one. Like, I think that would be really cool if maybe Loki is in her place. Uh, and maybe they give him a more ornate helmet of some kind that he's very proud of or something like that. Um, I think would be kind of neat to see. Um, yeah, I, I'm I'm totally down to see more I, Hella stories. I, I would love to see more Hella stories. I actually think it would be great if, if she is the first episode mm. and you establish her as the villain throughout the rest of the season. Absolutely. Right. I Yeah. But Megan, what, what about yourself? What, what if, if anything... Uh, are you looking forward to seeing Gamora? I actually was yeah. like really upset that they pulled that episode out of the first season because it makes no sense. Absolutely. Leading into that finale episode, it was like, why the heck does Gamora why is have Thanos' giant sword and it has yeah. all this armor? It makes no sense. So hopefully we get the explanation as to who that Gamora was. Um, if anything, that episode or like she's featured in another one of these but maybe not the main character i don't know i just i i feel like it was sort of a waste that they did imagine they wrote her out imagine they wrote her out of that episode and they replaced her with valkyrie and then it just becomes like a um because i don't understand why they would why they would take that episode out right and say oh we're gonna save it for next season and then they didn't have time sure i get that they didn't have time so they sacrificed the episode because so much was constantly evolving it, it seems like they were shuffling yeah. around the oh, episode yeah. so much to kind of keep mm-hmm. up with all the timing um i don't know it just seems like it, it seems such like a weird 
it seems like such a weird choice to sacrifice mm-hmm. that story yet still include her in the finale. Like, why go back and, and try to reintroduce her or retell the story? So, I don't know. That's why I think potentially they might have revisited that story and taken her yeah. out and replaced her with Valkyrie, as as you were pointing out, Nate. But, I, I, again, I, I hope that we get to see more of her. And, you know, apart from just that episode, it would be nice to, to get a story of her. There's yeah. literally a Funko Pop of that Gamora. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. So they gotta sell yeah. more of them. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I definitely think yeah. With that season of What If, things got shuffled around. Speaking of shuffling around, you know what else shuffles around? Zombies. Uh, and we got our first <laughs> uh, look and 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 uh, more information on Marvel Zombies, uh, which is an animated show done by the exact same studio <clears throat> that did uh, What If. Brian Andrews offered background on the series and its origins spawning from the episode of What If in Season 1, as well as uh, a a few pieces of concept art. Uh, The animated series Marvel Zombies from Marvel Studios reimagines the Marvel Universe as a new generation of heroes um, where they battle against an ever-spreading zombie scourge. Uh, Directed by executive producer Brian Andrews and written by executive producer Zeb Wells, Marvel Zombies will stream on Disney Plus, uh, and believe it or not, is getting a uh, TVMA rating. A TVMA rating. Um, sure. I I don't believe it's going to be for for language, um, but I definitely think it's going to be for violence, um, violence. because I think sure. they definitely want to hold and and bring the the original comic book amount of gore. In they they want to honor the the people who've read the comic books, um, but this looks really interesting. We got a ton of well, not a ton, but we got a bunch of of concept art um, that uh, that we we were looking at here. Uh, but before we talk about all that stuff, Justin, what did you think of this new information of Marvel Zombies? Well, I love that it's it's rated mature because I think that again it just helps push them closer to the rated R, right? Like yeah. creating different sub ratings within their bigger family of Marvel, right? Mm -hmm. Because, you know, we talked about a kid show based on a Marvel comic and it's definitely targeted for kids. But here we have something that is far more mature and it's going to really lean into that horror vibe and and probably deliver on that gore that that you're, you know, you're you're hinting at there. Now, Megan, I know you're not the biggest zombie or scary things fan but you are a fan of of animation and marvel uh is this gonna be a way that uh we get you into actually watching something with a zombie in it (laughs) i'll definitely watch it i actually really enjoyed the zombie episode of the what if series um yeah that i mean it included my favorite marvel superhero wanda so um and also this series is supposed to start where they left off in that episode so i'm really intrigued to see how that goes um and yeah, I, I love this style of animation. I think it's so interesting. I've never seen anything like it before. So I'm all in for the Marvel zombies. And I can separate some animated gore from real gore. I think I'll be okay. For sure. <laughs> yeah, you, you you can draw the line. But yeah. like, I think, you know, again, like you said, to have the studio from What If to kind of carry on the story. Like, I love their style and the style that they created with What If. So I'm very happy to see that... Um, that they're going to be, you know, taking the reins and bringing this series life. The uh, the team looks looks really intriguing. I mean, we've got um, 
like a, a ton of of different characters here. I was stoked to see Red Guardian uh, is going to be showing up on the team. Uh, we've got Shang Chi in here. All the noobs. It's all the noobs. And and what's interesting is that like they've we we were introduced to them in live action, and then their next appearance. <laughs> is is here is in is in the Great. zombie world so it is interesting it looks like shang chi has a metal arm did you guys notice that yeah looks like he might have lost his arm yeah, um, on the, on so it looks right like side yeah but come on officer jimmy woo is a part of this crew which is you know love that is going to be a good time oh, i yeah. love it i love that he's in it yeah dude i'm stoked i'm stoked to see kate bishop here Yelena. Um, Yelena is Yelena here. and Kate. So you think they'll be like besties? They'll 100% I hope be besties. So. I hope so. <laughs> that would be sick. Yeah, yeah. That would be sick. Katie is also in it from Shang-Chi, uh, which yeah, I think she's is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> we got yeah. Katie coming back. Yeah. Um, Aquafina. Yeah, yeah Aquafina gonna awesome. is going to be in this series. Uh, and the death, the I think he's called the death dealer or the death bringer or whatever, uh, who is also from Shang-Chi. Um, I think it'll be cool to see him maybe. Oh. Uh, it was his kick trainer some, kick some butt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Also, just to see Miss Marvel in this ragtag group is is awesome. But also to see Zombie Captain Marvel, which they hinted at in Miss Marvel. So cool. Uh, you know, <laughs> remember when she's like, "I maybe I'll go to Avengers Con as uh, Captain Marvel, but as a zombie, yeah. right? I'll have superpowers." And right, I think it's uh, I think it's kind of funny that we're getting a Captain Marvel zombie after after that sort of joke that was in Miss Marvel. Oh, yeah. So yeah, a lot of this looks a lot of fun. Um, we also got a biker scroll gang. Like, yeah, there's a scroll biker <laughs> gang for some reason, uh, which I think is super cool. Yeah, but then we also have a, another team of of all uh, lady heroes, um, and I'm I think one of them might be a Black Widow. One of them might be. I think a, a couple of them are, or maybe they're all Black Widows. I don't know. <gasps> yeah, I see. I see on like uh, and from the the concept art that was you know revealed on twitter looks like yeah definitely there's one girl that has a clear black widow style belt buckle yeah. but I, I feel like the others might be spray painted but okay. i don't know it, it, it's hard to tell but yeah it looks like it looks like they're at least the leader is a full-fledged black widow yeah that's cool uh, which is which is which is pretty dope i at first though i thought it was going to be uh echo i thought she was echo oh yeah um oh, yeah. right just super militarized but then when i saw the 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 uh, Black Widow. I was like, oh no, she's probably going to be a Black Widow. But so. then, dude, let's talk about these zombies. Of course, we have Zombie Wanda coming back, as we mentioned. Uh, yeah. Zombie Captain Marvel, half of Zombie Captain America, because we know what happens to him in <laughs> in What If. Um, but then we've also got, I think, is that Zombie Okoye kind of leading yep. the pack, yep. which is so freaking dope. Um, zombie Abomination, I think, is really neat to see. Um, one of the characters is Ghost, uh, who I think she was from uh, Ant Man and, Ant -Man and the Wasp, yeah. right? Yeah. And then is yeah. that Hawkeye in the with all like the the that arrows stabbing to yep. him? Which is so <laughs> yeah, cool. that's Hawkeye. Yeah. yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how they play off of Kate Bishop's relationship with Clint Barton. Um, you know, and and how that that kind of feeds into having an emotional resonance with having to kill, hopefully kill <laughs> Hawkeye. Well, and so. I think that's that was the part of the what if episode that sort of uh, took me out of it a lot was how quickly they moved past these characters' deaths and losing them. And I love that call out, Justin, because I feel like having this as a series, you know, will get us the ability to sort of see 
these characters experience yeah. this loss. And you look at the the zombie team, and you look at the 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 main hero team, and and you can kind of see how that's going to play out. Um, you know, if we lose mm-hmm. Yelena, if we get a zombie Yelena, and how does that how does that necessarily affect uh, Kate Bishop or? Um, you know, how does I, I could just sort of see them sort of playing off all these and actually digging deep. Like, how is Miss Marvel going to react to to uh, to, to Captain Marvel? Yeah, her idol as a zombie. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know, man. That's uh, this is uh, this is looking really fun, and I'm really looking forward to it. But I'm also looking forward to going back. You ever wanted to go back? You ever thought about going back? to the 90s, back to the year 1997. Uh, Well, listen, you're going to be able to. With X-Men 97, uh, cheers erupted when Brad uh, Winterbaum spoke fondly of the legacy of the X-Men, the animated series, uh, and presented a sizzle reel featuring cast and creatives from the popular 90s uh, animated show. X-Men 97 writer and executive producer Bao DeMeo then spoke about the new series, shared some artwork, and presented an animatic AV piece. DeMeo also mentioned that the show will use the original X-Men theme that they've played for us now twice in the MCU. Uh, and a second season, of course, was also announced, um, which I would assume would be called X-Men 98. Um, X-Men <laughs> 97 is an animated series from Marvel Studios, that explores new stories set in the iconic 90s timeline of the original series. Uh, Bao DeMeo is executive producer and head writer. X-Men 97 will begin streaming uh, exclusively on Disney Plus in the fall of 2023. Uh, na what, uh, <laughs> what are our thoughts on, uh, on everything shown off, uh, including some of those photos that popped onto Twitter of X-Men 97. Well, it's interesting to see uh, they've retained the look, mm-hmm. um, which obviously is is incredibly iconic, just as iconic as the theme song. So I'm glad that they have. It looks like they've incorporated some new new characters as well. Um, but it for more or less, like there are characters that we've seen in the original animated series. But damn, like Magneto's got a new look. Um, I've never seen that look on Magneto and he's apparently going to be the uh, new leader of the X-Men against the Sinister, um, which is obviously Mr. Sinister and his, his team of, of mutants. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, like they've, they've, they seem to have, have captured all the essence of, of the look and feel to help, you know, again, tell this story, uh, new stories. I'm I'm excited. I, I'm very excited to see how how what I'm hoping is the technology uh, and the the modern uh, skills of animation will help improve. You know things like depth and proportions and and stuff like that because things in the original animated series were <laughs> very really <flat>. really wonky. <laughs> well, just really wonky and like also just really. Um, Exasperated, if you will. Yeah. Like these things seemed bigger and smaller. Storm, like Storm body had a, parts. Yeah, some features <laughs> yeah. about her. Yeah. I think all the females Rogues, in the show had yeah. certain features yeah. that have been scaled. But some back of the here. guys too, though, mus- muscles yeah. and stuff like that too were were really, really, you know, engorged and everything like that. So it's just <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, so yeah. yeah but uh, it feels like they're things are a little bit more tempered and you know they look more like action figurey. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you could you could you literally reach into the screen and pull it out and it's like an action figure in your hands, right? So yeah, I'm I'm digging the look. Uh, I I wish we got at least like 
like a little trailer. I know. Um, I'm so curious to I see wish. how it's animated. Yeah, I want to see how it moves. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Megan, did like, you ever watch the uh, the original animated series for, for X-Men? Well, I was four, so oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did not. I yeah. obviously have seen like reruns or clips and things of it, but um, I definitely remember that time in the animated world where a lot of shows sort of looked like this early Spider-Man and, um, you know, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and stuff like that was, was very retro feeling. And yeah, one of the things I'm most interested in, like we were just saying is how it's going to move and how they're going to animate it. Are they going to make it feel more like a modern current, um, 2d cartoon or, are they going to go back and like make it feel retro too with the movement, which I'd be down for if it was like sort of staccato and like awkward and I'd be into it because that would just, you know, sort of bring the nostalgia back for a lot of people, I'm sure. But um, yeah, I'm, I love the retro vibe. I love the comic book vibe. I love X-Men. So thank you for bringing X-Men back. Yeah, we'll see where this goes. Yeah, I'm really intrigued. I think it's um, the 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 fact that they've they've kind of got the the original crew with Rogue, Beast, Gambit, Wolverine, Storm, Jubilee, Cyclops, and Jean Grey. Um, it's a it's it's going to be fantastic. But then we're also I think it's cool because <clears throat> it's going to bring a lot of these characters that were explored there, but not necessarily in the Fox movies, um, into the forefront like obviously nightcrawler was and i'm stoked to see nightcrawlers back here um but to see someone like i think we've got bishop in in one of these um images as well and and also them showing like sinister and emma frost i think is i mean she was in the movies as well but i think it's really cool so was bishop was bishop Bishop was was, yeah he was in days and future past okay I, i totally agree i think that Mr. Sinister is someone that they haven't haven't introduced live action in, in X Men in any facet they've hinted at, yeah. but they have not. So, you know, to to hopefully one day potentially get that in an MCU movie, that would be exciting. But for now, yeah. you know, having him back as as sort of a staple character in this series seems seems really really fitting. And I think that's what's great is that they they're not trying to revamp and, and introduce just new characters. They're keeping the characters that they did introduce from the series. Yeah. Right, like they're not they're not looking at oh well you know here in the movies they've introduced this this person this person so we should include them they're saying no no let's go back cool stuff like it's just it's great to see them actually just wholeheartedly leaning into bringing back the nostalgia and they've got like morph in there is this like bald white <laughs> like yeah he's pale wearing a mask right mutant and then and then there's um sunspot I think is another one that's in there. Um, and so I think it, what's kind of cool with all this as well, though, is that we get the the ability to sort of see or, or Disney gets the ability to see and Marvel gets the ability to see who are the fans gravitating towards? Who are they talking mm-hmm. about from the series uh, in this animated form before they would bring them into live action? And that's that's one of the strategies they can use. And then also they could just randomly bring out Moon Knight with Scarlet Scarab and we'll all be like freaking out anyways yeah. and be like, who the frick is Moon Knight? Who cares? He looks awesome. Like, I think it's, it's just funny the way that they sort of go about just randomly bringing in these deep cut characters. Um, you know, we're going to be getting Werewolf by Night with, I'm sure, we're going to see some crazy stuff from there as well. Um, but before we before we get to the I Am Groot trailer, was there anything uh, you wanted to shout out 
that you think we'll see? There's been so much about it. Like everyone was saying, oh, this is a mega one. You know, they're coming back roaring at Comic-Con. Marvel's going to drop a whole bunch of stuff. And then I think as the weeks have gone on, it's been like, oh, well, they're going to save some some of the bigger announcements for D23. Yeah. And I think that's actually the smarter strategy if, if you think about it, because right now they have Captain Marvel. Uh, well, actually, in order, Black Panther needs to come out. Oh, yeah. uh, I believe Captain Marvel comes out after that. And then Ant-Man comes out. And then I think there's uh, another one, too, that I, is escaping me. Oh, Guardians. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Guardians 3. And they have a so Christmas I honestly, special. Yeah. They have a Christmas and special, which I think they'll say for and... D23. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They might say for D23. We may get, get a hint of the, the Halloween special. I think that would be really great to get get that introduction tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, because that's coming up. That is coming up sooner rather than later. And it, it, D23 would be too late to to show showcase that because yeah. it's in September. So I honestly think that the hour is going to be dedicated to showing the things that are coming that are currently in work. And I think mm-hmm. it is going to blow fans out of the water, I think, what they're going to show. Um, and we might get some shows in there, some series and stuff like that that are also in production, like Secret Invasion. And that being said, I, I don't know if we're going to get like the Secret Wars announcement no, that people want no. or mutants announcements that we're going to get or, you know, what Phase 5 is going to look like. Fantastic Four. Like I, that would be, I, if anything, that's the one that I think will we could, he could cap the uh, panel on was here is your Fantastic Four. Yeah. And then the that's it. Right, just like the cast, like that's it. Yeah, just the cast, and that's and that's it. And there you go. That's that's all you're gonna get. That's gonna really blow people out of the water. But I really do think Captain Marvel, Black Panther, Ant Man, Quantum Mania, and and Guardians Three are, are really gonna uh, hold uh, the priority for for the panel tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting. Yeah. I'll be intrigued to see what they announce for Black Panther. Like, yeah. I'm I'm excited though. Like, we're gonna cover that, and we're it's gonna be. <laughs> Probably longer than this episode, but oh, we'll, yeah. we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> we will see. Uh, but there's one thing that we did actually get to see out of this animation panel, uh, and that is the trailer for I Am Groot. Uh, and uh, let's just say I am very excited uh, for this. Um, I Am Groot writer and director and executive producer uh, Kristen Lepore answered questions about the upcoming series uh, and treated the audience to the trailer as well as a new key art. Um, <clears throat> a surprise screening of one of the shorts, uh, which was Groot Takes a Bath, <laughs> which was shown. And I, I cannot wait to see Groot taking a bath. Um, <laughs> apparently it delighted everyone and uh, there was a lot of people that were, were clapping it up there um, and apparently they also announced that while the first five episodes are going to be ex- streaming exclusively on August 10th uh, there's going to be five more that they're actually going to pop out uh, later on which is super exciting and, and a lot of fun um, and so they say there's no guarding the galaxy from this mischievous toddler so we're going back to baby Groot um, so get ready as Baby Groot takes center stage in his very own collection of shorts, exploring his glory days of growing up <laughs> and getting into trouble among the stars. I am Groot, uh, five original shorts featuring several new and unusual characters, stars everyone's favorite little tree, Baby Groot, uh, voiced by the absolutely charming and delightful Vin Diesel, uh, who voices Groot in the Guardians of the Galaxy franchise. Um, of course, he's all about family, and I think this is going to be a great family 
series. Uh, this executive, <laughs> uh, sorry, the executive producers are Kevin Feige, Luis Desposito, uh, and Victoria Alonso, alongside with Brad Winterbaum and, of course, James Gunn. Um, Megan, I'm going to kick it to you over here. Uh, <laughs> give me your best Groot dance and tell me uh, what did you think of uh, I Am Groot trailer? <laughs> oh, my God. Bursting with excitement. This was the only trailer I watched where my jaw dropped, which yeah. is so funny <laughs> because of the incredible, you know, cinematic big film trailers we got. This one, I didn't know what I was expecting. Yeah. It wasn't this. Yeah. But it also blew any expectation out of the water. I love the concept of what these sh- little shorts are going to be. I don't think I've ever been so excited for a short mm-hmm. <laughs> in my whole life. Um, the the colors, those little blue aliens. Like I, yeah. if that is They're just so a taste cute. of the characters mm-hmm. we're going to get in these shows, I'm. I'm so on board and I love Groot in his little Christmas pajamas. I love <laughs> when he's doing different like leaf outfits. Oh my yeah. gosh. This is going to be so much fun, so silly, and I think Marvel needs a little bit of like fun, cute silliness. So, just to sprinkle yeah, sure. in amongst all of the serious yeah. stuff. Um, when he does his sure. like Marie Antoinette like dress uh, unveiling and like like so gorgeous and so lovely and I I'm like I love those yeah those little blue guys are really getting to me I I think they're are they eating like did he fart that leaf out and they're eating his they're eating his, his poop his poop is that what's yeah. happening yeah. they're freaking out yeah I I just think it's so cute and so fun and I'm excited yeah I I, I think that exactly what we were saying about the idea of zombies being you know rated TV mature mm-hmm. right for a mature audience in the marvel world that that helps push them in a direction and i think things like this and a show like moon girl and devil dinosaur you know again they they need to draw in the kids audience they want to they got to be able to speak to to all ages mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. so i think that it's really smart to take a key character from your you know your cinematic world and, and let's like tell some stories with him that are lovely and, and just fun and endearing and you know really do highlight the adorable nature that is Groot so uh, yeah I, I think it's it'll be it'll be a win for sure oh yeah apparently there were some uh some folks who said in the Groot takes a bath episode that they did get to see uh Rocket Raccoon as well <gasps> um so that'll be interesting I'm wondering if like I'm trying to think about the, the sort of the timeline of all this in the sense of like it's during his glory days so it's when he was still <laughs> baby Groot he's not a teenage Groot no. I'm almost curious to see if if maybe a little bit of what we're seeing, maybe not the moment with, well, I guess if Rocket's in it, it's, it, uh, I'm just trying to figure out if this is like the original baby Groot. Like maybe that's the reveal before throughout this Guardians little series two? that it's before Guardians 2. Oh, like it would be interesting if that is the reveal. Do you know reveal, what I mean? But for me, yeah. for me at least, I'm thinking that it is, it is taking place from the time of after Guardians 1. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where he's, He's kind of regrowing up, if you will. Yeah. Because that just makes that makes sense to start his story from there and fill in because so much has happened to Groot. You know what I mean? So it'll be interesting if if some of these shorts do venture into something that might be meaningful or or purposeful and in, in something that has happened later. I, I'm not sure. So right, because we do see him on a ship at one point. Um. Yeah. So obviously he, you know, he'll be in space and and doing a bit of traveling when he's in his his cute little Christmas pajamas. But um, <laughs> but like I, I am really interested to be because, again, I feel like they could 
maybe play off the idea that maybe that's Rocket's ship, right? Maybe Rocket at some point before he was, you know what I mean? Like, is this when we get to see the origin of when they meet here? Uh, or maybe this is just filling in uh, a, a space in between. That's that's really interesting. I actually think that that's very plausible. We could see, um, you know, how how Rocket met Groot and there could be some really interesting stories and that actually might free them up from having to involve the other guardians and really mm-hmm. just stay mm-hmm. focused on Rocket and Groot and their relationship. So yeah. I don't know. Who knows? That's that's a good idea though. I like kind of cute. Yeah, there's I feel like there's three three spots on the timeline that are totally viable options where maybe Rocket and Groot or just Groot went off and did a little something on his own where Either it's when they met, like you're saying, or it's before Guardians 2, or it's after Guardians 2 before the end credit scene when he's a teenager. So there's like some sort of blip in there where he's he's saved the world as baby Groot and he's like, I'm awesome and powerful. I'm going to do my own thing. And then he gets into little hijinks or something. But yeah, it could happen at any point. I'm so excited. I'm so happy that it's the closest thing to be released on this list of things that we've been <laughs> talking about, I think. I think it is. Uh, coming up August 10th. Ugh, I just I just can't wait to see those blue people eat all that Groot poop. Um, but that <laughs> that is uh, that is it. Uh, we have we have taken as long as a San Diego Comic Con panel uh, I'm sure normally takes, uh, and we have run the gamut here of all these incredible trailers and announcements uh, that have come out. Um, so with that being said, thank you so much for joining us for this, uh, this really sort of earlier this week in geek than we normally put out. Of course we had to for San Diego comic-con. And as we mentioned earlier, we will be covering, uh, the big, the big one, uh, tomorrow, uh, for tomorrow's panel as well. So keep it locked. Look forward to that. Uh, We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, make sure to subscribe to us wherever you like to listen to podcasts. And if you want to write into the show with your thoughts on all the news, the trailers, or any of the content we cover, uh, Justin, can you let these incredible geeks know how they can use the internet to voice their opinion? I don't think they've ever done it before. (laughs) Well, they can reach out to us at wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. That's wearegeekcentric at gmail.com. Or on Twitter at GeekcentricYT or on Instagram at WeAreGeekcentric. Keep in mind, we have a ton of other great episodes uh, covering the latest in movies and TV shows uh, out now, including our recent spoiler-free and spoiler-filled review for Thor Love and Thunder, more Marvel content. We also have our spoiler-free review for Only Murders in the Building Season 2, Episodes 1 to 6. We also have our review, uh, spoiler-free review for The Gray Man, uh, which is out now on Netflix. You can listen to our thoughts. Maybe uh, do that. Give that. Give give our review a listen to before you check out uh, that one. Although I think Justin would tell you otherwise. Um, <laughs> and also, we have a, a ton of uh, wonderful interviews. Uh, but our most recent one was with uh, Obi Wan Kenobi director Deborah Chow and freaking. Anakin Skywalker himself, Hayden Christian, Justin had a chance to sit down with both of them uh, and and chat it up. And uh, speaking of Obi-Wan Kenobi, we've wrapped our Watch Club, uh, which is our weekly series where we watch and give you our our, our takes and our, our thoughts and our reviews and our theories. Uh, and we do that every single week. We've wrapped our Watch Club for both Obi-Wan and Miss Marvel. Uh, so if you haven't watched those shows yet, 
go and watch all those shows on Disney Plus, and then you can listen along with us uh, as we we cover a lot of this stuff. And I know Megan has kind of popped up on a few of those episodes as well. Uh, and if you like our watch clubs, well, listen, we've got two incredible watch clubs on the way uh, where we'll be covering both Andor and She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, uh, coming up in the next month. Uh, So definitely keep it locked, subscribed if you want to join us for those watch clubs. But definitely uh, look forward to that. We'll have more on our socials, so you can definitely check those out. Uh, Give those episodes a listen and a five-star review if you don't mind. Justin, Megan, thank you so much for joining me for today's recap episode. And as we say, love ya. Bye. Peace. Peace.